0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning, guys. How you doing? It is a great day out there, isn't it? Is that this is the day, the the Lord has made? I will be down and complain and gripe and wish it was raining instead of sunshine. No, this is the day the Lord has made. I will what? Rejoice, rejoice right? What is it? It's Rejoice, right? I'm gonna rejoice. Rejoice, right? Anyway, I'm going to go on, right? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. So it's the day that He's made, right? Who Who's the Lord? Yahweh, yeah, Yehovah, right? You know, I heard some rabbis and like they they were all they were arguing back and forth and like they were talking about the name of God, right? Yahweh, I am that I am, right? But in some are saying like Yahweh is you. We get that from Yud Hey but it's the the um, consonants that go from Adonai are just inserted into Yud Hey to get Yahweh. And then you got the hardcore dudes that are like, no, no, it, it it's Yehovah, right? Where where you get get I think it's va Holam, Kometz, right, which goes in the middle. And so either way, it means I am that I am, right? It's all somatics, Like, you can call me James, you can call me Jim, you know, you can call me JD, you can call me, hey, handsome, right? It don't matter what you call me, but I'm going to answer you, right? Sometimes I think we get so caught up in semantics that we forget that he just is. And because he is, we are. And so, I am, right? And so... I was going to the um, Coastal the other day, and I was going to um, Coastal as a farm and ranch supply, and I had to get some, Some I had to get a bell of hay, believe it or not, with all this grass. I actually had to get some hay, you know, and so um, just kind of supplement some stuff. So I went to Coastal, and I walk in. I seen someone I knew, and I walk in. I was like, how are you? I was like, I'm great. How are you? And she's like, I am, and then she stopped, and I was like, perfect. I am, too, Right? <laughs> So I was like, how much better can you get? I am, which is what? The the name of God. And sometimes we get our minds so twisted around how we think things are going in our life that that's our identity, but it's not really our identity. Our identity is really in what? In who we are, right? We're not human doings, right? That Even science doesn't call us human doings. All of our life, we're, we're conditioned to, what are you going to do or what are you going to be when you grow up? They're not asking you what you're going to be. They're asking you what are you going to do, right? Well, I'm, I'm going to be an astronaut, right? I'm going to be a jockey. Like, I wanted to be a jockey. But I kind of outgrew that by the time I was 11. So, so that was kind of out of the picture, right? And so, so, or then from the jockey, what am I going to be? Well, I thought I'd be be a killer whale trainer and go be a marine biologist and all this, or I'll be this, or I'll be that, right? And you get all these things. This is what I'm going to be. But the thing, thing is, is what you do, if you make your identity in what you do, you're going to be lost because what you do changes, right? Like I remember, I used to get up and work at J.C. Penney's, and I'd get up, be there at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'd clean toilets till noon. And then I'd go and ride horses till, till you know, 7, 8 at night, right, just to make ends meet, right? And so I wasn't a toilet cleaner. That wasn't what I wanted to be. Like, I want to be a janitor. I want to be clean toilets. That's, that's my life's goal, right? I wanted to be a horse trainer. So, so um, I wanted to do that, but that's not who my identity was because now I'm not cleaning toilets. Like, I don't even clean toilets at home very often. That's my life. Right? I don't even like cleaning toilets and so and, and vacuuming and all that kind of stuff, right? So my identity's not in that. My identity's not in a horse trainer or a farrier or even a pastor, right? Because all those things are titles, and those things all will go away. One day I won't be, maybe I won't be a horse trainer. One day maybe I won't be. Uh, a farrier, maybe one day I'll, I'll say, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to be a pastor. I don't know. You never know." But my identity is not based in what I do. My a bit, my identity is based in who I am. Who are you, really? Who are you? That's what we don't we don't get. We we don't understand. That it's not about what's on the outside, but it's about what's where? On the inside. We're bigger. And, and there's a greater world than just what we see on the outside. And I was thinking about that as I was reading in First Samuel. And um, I'm going to go in First Samuel 15. And I'm going to read a little, and I'm going to skip a little, and I'm going to read a little, because I think it's real important, because I think, really, as believers, sometimes what we have is an identity crisis. If you you, you if you, um, confuse your do with your who, all you're going to get is do, and do, and do, and do. And you know what that is? It's a bunch of doo-doo. Yeah? We call it manure, right? And so, so my... my um. My um, youngest granddaughter calls me Popo, or they call me Papo, and she kept calling me Poopo. And I was like, okay, we gotta knock these O's out, because we're getting too many O's. If she adds one more O on the back, I'm gonna be Poopoo. And so we gotta figure this, this grandpa. So I was like, you know what? From now on, all you guys are gonna call me Goat. They're like, Goat? how what's goat like? Why you don't look like a goat? I was like, yes, I do, the greatest of all time. And they're like, no, no, we can't call you goat, Papa. Can't call you goat. And I was like, well, it's better than poopo or poo poo, right? I'll take goat any day, right? Even though they do eat goats, right? Like can go pretty good, right? You get it cooked right? Yeah, no. Pastor Phillips, like yeah, <laughs> right. Everything's good if you're hungry enough, right? So people eat snails. Like escargot you Eat snails, and then you gripe with people for eating goats. I mean, shoot, shoot throw, me some, throw me some goat anytime over snails. Those are slugs. You ever seen slugs? Pour salt on them, and see, they, like, just disappear. How you even salt it so you can eat it without a gush and gook? I mean, come on. Like, I mean, and they call that a delicacy, Right? And so, I, the more I think is, like, there's a lot in a name. But you're not always what they call you either. Right? People will call you a lot of things, but that's not really who you are. So it's real important to know who, who you are. So we see it in First Samuel 15, verse 1, it says, Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king, Over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord, Yahweh, Yehovah, right? I am that I am. Samuel knew who he was. Like, remember, Samuel might not have a reason to know who he was, right? Remember? Samuel was a miracle, right? His mom prayed and cried so much in the temple that when she was crying and weeping, she heard so bad words couldn't even come out of her mouth because she wanted a child. And then God said, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you a miracle. And when he gave her the child and the miracle, you know what he said? He's like, after he's a certain age, guess what? I get him back. And he served in the temple and he grew up serving God and learning about God and knowing God. And his name is even Samuel, Shmuel, heard of God. So here he is. He knew how to hear God. He knew how to hear Elohim. He knew who he was. He knew what he was called to do. But he knew who he was above and beyond all that. Because he says it right here. I am the one. Now that's a pretty, pretty bold statement to come up to a king. And he says, I am the one. You know, we call call ourselves like like as Jewish people, a lot of times we don't like to call our call you don't call ourselves by the name Christians, but Christians just the word for Christ like. Right? That's what it means. It means you're Christ right here. So really when you say, Hey, I'm a Christian, you're saying, Hey, I'm Christ. I am Christ. I'm the one you've seen Jesus, you seen me. He said, I seen if if you seen the Father, you've seen me. If You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, and we're in that. And if we're in him, so you're really, you're saying, when you're saying you're a Christian, you're saying, I'm Christ. I'm representing him. See, he's one, and I'm one. It's like your spouse. She can walk in, my wife can walk into the bank and get whatever she wants out of our account. Just like she's me. Like they blow up, who are you? Well, this is Mrs. Mays, right? Here you go, Right? And someone else walk up into my account, hopefully they won't get into it. Right? That's the same way with us. We, when we're one, we're one with Him. And so when we say, I am, I am a Christian. I am a believer. I am a son of the Most High God. I am not common. I have value that's above what I do. Because what I do is just what I'm doing right now. may not necessarily be what I'm called to do in the future, but it's called what I'm doing right now. But I want to tell you something. I'm not going to live from what I do. I'm going to live from who I am. And I am the one that is called for this time and for this season and to be here. Of all the time in the earth to be right here on this planet, right here, right now, in this place, in this community, God allows us to be. What a gift. And here's what... I I used to love Revelation and eschatology because I love escalators at the airport. (laughs) I love studying that, right? But I was reading there saying, we're going to study eschatology, and they didn't even talk about escalators. (laughs) Right? What they talked about was Jesus coming back, and when he comes back, then I'm going to be whole. When Jesus comes back and I go to heaven... Then everything's going to be fine. And when Jesus does this, and when Jesus, and I thought, you know something? I love that. Do I believe Jesus is coming back? I do with all my heart. But He said, occupy till I come. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel isn't, oh, when He comes back, then something great's going to happen. The gospel is, Christ is in me, He is. The hope of glory. Yeah, he's going to come back when he comes back. I watched my grandpa, and I love my grandpa, but I watched him every day for years and years say, Jesus is coming back today. Hallelujah. It's going to be real great. And then he died. I was like, you know what? Yes, Jesus is going to come back. But how many thousands of years before that? If you put your focus just on that, it's good to know eschatology. I mean, otherwise, they won't let you ride on the escalators. It's good to know that. But if your focus is on an exit strategy, that's running. And then maybe we escape, but then what happens to all the people that we're called to reach right now? i just like, you know what? I don't want to live like that. I want to be connected. I want to be present. And I want to be here, right here, and right now. Because I'm called for this time. I'm prepared for this season. Everybody's like, are you worried about your grandchildren? Are you worried about your kids? And I'm like, no. Because they are called for this time and season. They have the same Jesus in them that I have in me. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to teach them how to live in who they are as sons and daughters of the Most High, and they'll make a mark in their generation. We don't run from nothing. Shouldn't be wanting to escape. Looking for Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) Happens and it happens great. But until then, let's do something. Let's do something for Jesus. Let's say, you know what, I am here for this time and for this season and with a purpose and in and his plans and in his time, and he's going to use me to do his work because I am a son. I know who I am. I know the identity that I have. Not denying stuff's going to happen, just living in who I am. And that brings us power. And that's what Samuel, like, it wasn't all roses for these dudes. Like I was just thinking, of all the places in the world, we are rich. Even when we don't think we're rich, we are super wealthy. Even the poorest of us in this country are super wealthy. We're super blessed. For us to get some swagger. You know what? Yeah, I am blessed. So look in the mirror and go, I mean, how can you deny it? Right? Look in the mirror and you don't like it. You don't hit the mirror and beat that up. So that's when we look in the word. Maybe we don't like what it says, so we want to beat the word up. It's easy because if you're looking in the mirror trying to fix yourself in your own power, it don't work out too good. But if you see yourself as in him, That'll change the view in the mirror. So he says, Samuel said said to Saul, right? Heard of God, heard to Saul, which literally means asked for in Hebrew. Remember when when they're asking for a king, they're like, you know what, God? You brought us out of Egypt. You brought us out of slavery. You brought us out out of all this trouble. We literally had a cloud over us by day and a pillar of fire at night to keep us warm. They had air conditioning and heat. Their clothes didn't wear out. They walked out with all the silver, with all the gold, not one lame, not one feeble. They saw God pour water out of a rock, rain down manna from heaven. And then they come and they're like, you know what, we need a king, but you know what, the dude who did that The dude who created the universe, the stars and the moon and everything in it. You know, we'd rather just have a man. We'd rather just have some dude come and do that for us. And you know what the problem is? Is whenever you follow a man, you're following a man. Right? That's dangerous territory when you follow a man. We're not called to follow a man. We're called to follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Him. Not really, to even just follow Him. Be united in and with Him, to where we move in Him. We live and move and have our being like on a great cutting horse, man. Sometimes you'll you'll drop the reins and that horse is just in tune, and it's you, the horse, and the cow, and you're just one. I mean, everywhere that that cow's going to go, the horse knows, and you're like, oh man, we're just feeling it, just one here, there. That's how he's called us to be. That's what he means. In him, we live and move and have our being. One of my mentors always told me, words don't teach. You need to do and feel. You know what? You've got to live. That's what he's saying. You can hear the word. You can hear the word. You can hear the word. And then it drops in your heart. And you go out and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then you mess up and you're like, oh, man, I'm a rotten sinner. You messed up. Get up and keep moving forward. That's how you learn by doing what, what, what's good. like it's like a colt. I'll get them moving their feet around like, and I'll, I'll let them move their feet until they step in the right spot, and then I'll say, "Oh, that's it. Then I'll let them rest. And like, okay, then they'll move their feet around again, and I'll let them rest again. Pretty soon they find that spot, but they find that spot not by me telling them, but by experiencing it. By moving in the wrong place, they find the right place. And we get so stiff as believers that we're so worried about making mistakes that we don't even seek and step. And the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I don't care if you go in the wrong place. Just do something sometimes. Just move your feet. Just learn. He told Abraham, he said, go. He said, I want you to get up and go. He didn't even give him like a GPS. No, Rand McNally, he said, get up and go to Land show He said, I'll take you as you go. And you know, Abraham was perfect every step of the way. <laughs> Never made a mistake, right? Sometimes we got to just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to get up. I'm going to move. In him, we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being in here. The whole nation of Israel was was really embodying that, right? All that is, you see the temple and the, the tabernacle in the wilderness is a skin tent carried on shoulders. Guess what that's representative of? The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Guess who dwells in us? The same dude that lived, dwelt in the Holy of Holies. Is in you. That's another message. So they said, you know what? You ain't good enough. And God says, You know what? I got just the dude for you. In fact, he's out chasing his uncle uncle's donkeys. And when they found him, you know what he was doing? He is hiding. Behind baggage. Like, he hadn't even got, that's another thing, is like, like, like you can't hide behind the past. got to let it go. The only place it's alive is in your memory. You don't do you no know good. I was listening to, to John Paul Mitchell, and um, he had started, like, Patron, the whiskey, but also the hair stuff. But I, I love listening to how billionaires think, because he started with nothing, lost everything, and then started again. And he he was saying, he's like, look, he's like, Like, when I lost everything, I just decided, you know what, that was past. I just cut it off. I can't do nothing about that, so I just got to figure out what am I going to do now and what am I going to do next. And he kept moving, kept going forward. You know what? He ended up selling his company for $5.2 billion. And at one time, he had $300 and was living on, like, he said he could live on $2.50 a day. Why? Because he let go of the past. He wasn't hiding behind his baggage. We all got baggage, man. And it's not all Louie. Right? Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's gunny sacks with poop in it. You know? Not all good stuff. We all have it, but we gotta let it go. So here he's hiding behind the baggage and God says, This is your king. This is what you asked for. And you know what? Somehow they're like, Yay, we got it, dude. You know what? He looked the part on the outside. He looked the part. So much so that they're like, Yes, look, this is Saul. This is our king. Like, he's tall and he's handsome. He's like Superman, man. He's got the square jaw and he walks like this when he's not hiding behind the bag and shaking. Right? He looked on the outside like the part, but on the inside, not so much. Why? Because man looks on the outside, but God looks where? He looks in the heart, right? What is King David like his dad? Did? And he's like, that ain't no king. You just stay in the pasture with the sheep, boy. It's got to be this one or this one or this one, but there's no way that's you. I said, no, no, that is him. Because you're looking on the outside, but I'm looking where? I'm looking on the heart. And so here he is. This is a man of the hour. The man, God did not say, I'm going to give you a king. They asked for a king. And so God literally got it, gave him a king with the name Asked For. My question to you is, what are you asking for? Are you stuck on what you see? Are you stuck on what you hear? Are you stuck on what you smell? Are you stuck in this physical realm? Or do you believe that there's a king of the universe who created the stars and the moon and the earth and beyond the planets? It doesn't just dwell in heaven waiting to hit you with a hammer, It lives in you. So the Bible says, greater is he that's in heaven than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in Washington. Greater is he that's at the United Nations. Greater is he that's in Hollywood. Greater is he that's is in you. Then he that's where? In the, in the world. Who's he in you? Christ. Jesus. Christ in me is a hope of glory. When Jesus comes in, which a part of him's in us that we just awaken to anyway, but when we allow him. Freedom and are born again in him, there's power in that. Because what we're saying is, I die to myself. I no longer live, but it's Christ. Hey, I'm Christ. Hey, I'm Jesus. And if I'm Christ, and if I'm Jesus, and I'm, oh man, they'll throw the stones if I say it. Jesus said it. I know what they did to him. I ain't going to say it. He said, I'm a son of God. You know what he's saying? I'm a son. I'm bar. I'm equal to God. I'm God. They threw rocks at him. Are you gonna live in your own strength? Or are you gonna live in his? We talk about dying to ourself, but we really don't mean it. We mean we want to die to the things that we're comfortable dying to. And then these other little compartments, we're like, you know what? Let's, let's split this up. Remember when we used to play football on the playground? It's like, you take this guy, and you take that guy, and then you'll be open, and you run around here. So we're like, okay, God, come here. Okay, you can have this, and I'll take this, and we'll let Pastor James deal with this, and I'll let my wife deal with this. And I'll let my husband deal with this. And then this will happen, and we'll make this play, and then it'll go. And yes, and we'll even let let the president, whoever gets in, we'll let them decide if we're going to have joy or happiness or not. What are you asking for? What are you holding on to? What are you keeping that you won't let go? So we find what Saul's was. It was easy. So Samuel says, I am he, the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over the people of Israel. So listen now to the message from the I am that I am. This is what the Lord Almighty says, I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they, when they wayfared them and came up from Egypt. Now go and and go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men, women, children, infants, cattle and sheep, or, uh, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at the Talaam, 200,000 foot shul- shul- shoulders soldiers, and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go, go away, leave the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you along with them, for you show kindness to us. And so they moved away, and then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way, from Havilah to Shoot to the East, East Egypt, he took Agag, the king of, Amal, of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, fat calves, lambs, everything that was good, these they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. What happened? Like, okay, God. God says, I want you to wipe out everything. I want you to, to, to annihilate them from the top to the bottom. But Saul got on it, got in there, and he's like, you know what? I despise that weakness. I'm going to destroy that. I despise all those little things. I'm going to destroy that. But you know what? He said, that's a strength. That's something good. The same reason that maybe he hid behind what? Maybe the same reason that he hid behind what? Behind the baggage. He's saying, you know what? I see weakness in that, but there's strength in this. And so he hid again. Behind baggage. And you know what he did? He left it alive. When God told him what? I will to destroy it. I think that's kind of how he lives some days, too. Our weaknesses, we want to fix those. See, God, I can't fix that, so I'm gonna give that to you. I'll give you my strengths or my weaknesses, I'll give you those things that are hard and that are hurt i'll give you the things that that don't look so pretty and the things i despise i despise that but this here remember the playbook i'll do this i got that you know what he did you can have my weaknesses, but I'm going to keep the things that I'm strong at. The guy's like, no, 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 no. I want it all. I don't want nothing left over. Those things that you think are strength, if you'll surrender those two, you know what? I'll do great things in you. He says, I want the little things. He wants the big things. He just doesn't want the big things. He wants the little things. He doesn't want anything but you. Saul missed it. You know what happened? The next verse. Or the end of the chapter. 1 Samuel 15, 32. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Agag said came to him confidently thinking surely the bitterness of death is past but Samuel said your sword has made women childless so will your mother be childless childless among women and Samuel put Agag to death before the lord at gilgal then Samuel left for for ramah but Saul went up to his home in Gabeah of saul until the day Samuel died he did not go to see Saul again though so Samuel mourned for him And the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king over Israel. Why? Because he hid it and then he lied. Like, I did everything the Lord said. And he's like, what is that I hear the bleeding of sheep in my ears? Samuel said, you said you were going to give me everything. You said you were going to lay it all down. And you didn't. You know what? Israel got what they asked for. They got a man. They wanted a man to lead them. And until we surrender and walk in the Spirit, do you know what we're getting? We're getting what we asked for. We're getting a man. I want to challenge you this morning. Experience him. Trust him. Don't just live as a man. Lay that down and live as a son of the Most High, David was a man after God's own heart, and he messed up a whole lot more than Saul did. Or at least as much. In a lot more ways. He is a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he didn't depend on the outward. In fact, he didn't even care about that outward. Man, he danced in his underwear down the street. He didn't care what people thought, he cared what God thought. Are you living in him? He just said to put put the Amalekites down. It was the Amalekites who come down and fought with Israel when they were wandering in the wilderness. Amalek means shafak in Hebrew, which means to doubt. Unbelief. To be in a state where one's mindset is attacked by fear. Thoughts of torment, terror, evil. Dreams of terrorists even. Amalek, the state of lacking trust and faith because one is filled with negative thoughts that st- stops him or her from believing or trusting the words which are spoken to him or her. You know what? Samuel said, "Put down Amalek. Kill it." You know what? My favorite book in the Bible, named after one of the greatest names ever, said this. A double might my- minded man is unstable in some of his ways. All his ways. Am I saying? I want you to destroy everything that all those voices that say you're not enough. You're not doing enough. You're not good enough. It'll never work. You'll never make it. Because the Bible says it's against Scripture in some things. In all things. God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Are you allowing Amalek to live? You're like, no, no, no. I know, I know there's some things in there that I, I got faith. I believe in Jesus, but no. Are there things in your life that are bleeding and saying, you know what? You can't do that. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. Like, no, no, God, I can handle this one. I got it. You know, I, I got Watch how I do it. And God's like, okay, I'll give you what you ask for. And you say, you know what? I don't want a man, even this man. I want you. I want to surrender it all to you. All those words from other people don't mean anything. If God be for us, who can be against us? What if you're called for this time, for this season, for this purpose, for this place? Don't allow Amalek to breathe another breath. Slay him and surrender to Jesus and watch what he'll do. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and for just helping us grow in you and to know who you are and to just trust in you. And so we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.